0: You know, once a runner, always a runner. I mean, you know how that is. I mean, you get that. You, there's something that just comes over you, right? You're like, oh, well, I think I can do this.
1: Diz Runs Radio episode 1118 starts in three, two. <laughs> real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show today's episode is brought to you by my coaching services specifically the one-to-one level of coaching which as i think about it might be the worst name for a coaching service ever because all of my coaching services are basically one-to-one i mean like like there is no one-size-fits-all if you've been around here for a, for a minute you know where i stand on one-size-fits-all not exactly a fan but at the, at the one-to-one level of coaching. Um, Basically, what you what you get is is you get me, which you know may or may not be worth much. That's that's for you to decide. But I'm kind of on call more or less all the time. So you know, basically, what happens you, you get your you get your plan, and then I'm available via text message, via voice message. Um, kind of again. More or less twenty four seven. Although I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to answer the, the the a text message in the middle of the night. Like that's just not going to happen. But I'm available to be messaged anytime, and uh, I get back to you relatively regularly, relatively short short order. Hopefully, um, just to kind of help you steer clear. What's going on? What do you need? Uh, we also do a phone call once a month if you're if you're in need of it. Or if you're not, just to, just to touch base, just to make sure we're on the same page. So there's a little bit more touch points, a little bit more interaction than what is available at the Coterie level. So if you feel like maybe a little bit more hand-holding, a little bit more real-time interaction might be helpful. But at a price point that I think, I hope, in most cases won't break the bank, one-to-one coaching might be... A good option for you. So you want to check out the details, all the all the, the fine print and there's not really that much fine print, but all the extra little bells and whistles, uh, check it out. Dizruns.com slash one two one coaching. That's the number one, the number two, the number one coaching uh, you can also get there from the the main coaching page disruns.com slash coaching and at that page you can kind of compare the different levels maybe see if if one to one is right maybe you want a little bit more go co- go concierge maybe maybe a little bit less is, is all right for you maybe the coterie is the right mix uh, but you can see it all right there on the coaching page or again disruns.com slash com slash one two one coaching to get the the full scoop on everything that's available at my one-to-one level so give it a look and if it sounds like it might be the right thing for you hey Let's talk. Let's get you going. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all! Uh, today's guest is another one of those folks that I've been connected to on social media for a while. Kind of, you know, kept an eye on on things casually as it scrolls across my feed, and yet for whatever reason, never thought to see about lining up for a chat until now. And thankfully, uh, we are we are making it happen. I, I got a feeling, as is often the case, it's going to be a fun one. So we'll we'll, we'll take it as it goes, um, and, and maybe maybe. One of the reasons it's taken so long uh, for me to make this happen is because this dude is just—he's just too fast for me to keep up with. But that's, you know, that's first-world problems. We've—we've uh, we've talked to fast people before. It's okay. We—we we love the fast people. We love the slow people. We love all the people. Um, and uh, you know, we're gonna have a good chat today. So one way or the other, let's get the party started with uh, Mr. Jim Gregory. So Jim, thanks for for joining us today, and uh, welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, looking looking forward to it, and y'all. If you enjoyed today's conversation and want to uh, follow along with some of Jim's running and, and other things on the social medias as well, uh, he makes it he makes it simple. We love the people that make it simple. same handle on multiple places as opposed to different differences on every platform. Instagram and Twitter for Jim, same handle both places. Like I said, at Runman three one seven. So just like it's just like it should be, Runman R U N M A N. The number three, the number one, number seven. At runman317 on Instagram and Twitter. Dizruns.com slash 1118. Get you back to the show notes for today. We've got some photos. Of course, we'll have Jim's social media links uh, there as well. Anything else we talk about today that makes sense to link up, will be there. With the the, the short write-up from today's conversation, all the things as per usual. Dizruns.com slash 1118. So Jim, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with a, a pretty simple question that for some folks, it's an easy one to answer. Some folks, it's a little bit, a little bit more difficult. Sometimes I have an idea where you, where you might be going with it. Sometimes it's, it's a surprise to me, uh, but one way or the other, it's always a good place to start the conversation and see where it takes us. And that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's kind of a question I thought you might ask. And, um, very strangely enough, I would say the marathon uh, distance is my favorite to race. Um, and if you asked me that probably about ten or fifteen years ago, I probably would have answered that a little bit differently, and, and maybe said ten miler. But um, you know, the the marathon. There's something about it. Um, it it scared me to death for so many years, as it does many people, right? So I I, I was very afraid of it, and you know. I hired a coach and I said, you know, I'm really, you know, very interested in tackling this distance and, you know, seeing what I can do with it. And I went out and did it the first time and ran a three hour and 28 minute marathon in 2015. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh, And I hit the wall Mm -hmm. and I had no clue what was happening nothing. I, you know, people talked about the wall and I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. I I, I want that won't happen to me. I, you know, I'm an experienced runner. I know what I'm doing. And oh, my gosh, it was the worst feeling ever. You found, you found out what the wall is. Like. Yeah, I found out what the wall was and, and pretty, pretty hard, you know, with probably less than a mile to go. And, and I hit it. So, um I finished it and I, you know how most of us crazy runners are, you finish a marathon or a race and you're like, I'm never going to do that again. And you know, then you sleep on it and the next day you get up and you're like, okay, when can I sign up for another one? So that's what I did. And, um, went out and ran a three hour and eight minute in 2016. And I'm like, okay, now we're cooking, we're cooking. And I was like, you know, I want a sub three now. So, I decided I wanted to move out of doing the, um, Marine Corps marathon. I wanted to sort of go to another state and find another marathon. So I went to Buffalo and I thought, Oh God, what am I doing? Cause Buffalo in New York, there's probably hills everywhere. I should have stayed here in DC. And I went out in 2017 and actually did do a 257 there. So I was pretty, pretty stoked with that. And I was like, now nah, we're cooking. I know exactly what I need to do. And, um, you know, I know the challenges that I have to, you know, juggling work, your social life, doing all of that. And I mean, let's be real, when you train for a race, no matter what distance it is, there's so much that goes into it if you really are setting a lofty goal, right? So there's, you know, recovery, there's nutrition, there's rest and recovery and all the, and, you know, whenever a coach gives you something that says you need to do easy days, you need to learn what easy means to you, right? I mean, so many of us we think we know, but uh, we're not trusting, you know, the process. And there's that term, right? So many people say that you've got to learn how to trust the process. And so many people don't understand what that means. And it, t- it took me quite a bit of, of trial and error and quite a few injuries, I might also add, uh, in between, sprinkled in between there for me to understand what easy is. And I'm like, literally eight minute pace or slower is easy for me, especially if I'm out there flying, trying to do um 6 minute close to you know high 5 58 559 miles um 8 minutes is it feels like it's walking but that's easy for me and that makes it so that I can put those miles in and not beat my body up so badly so when I do need to do workouts for pace or whatever like on a track then my body can can take the pounding and then do the recovery
1: yeah, I, as as is often the case, and why I've I've come to love this question so much to to start off with is I've I've got like seventeen notes of things I want to circle back to, and and hopefully we'll get to <laughs> at least a few of them as as we go. Um, but you know, I guess I guess typically you know I kind of follow up that introductory question with kind of going back in time to towards kind of the, the beginning days of of your running life, and I mean, um, you know, if if your first marathon you hit the wall, you struggled a bit, and and still you know, ran uh, what for a lot of us. What for me? I I I I don't know that I'd give a leg to run a 3:28 right now. But like, you know, I I would I would I would not be upset with a 3:28. Uh, that that would be a, a marked improvement, a big PR for me. So all that to say, pretty good debut marathon, all things considered. Could it could have been better, of course. But like like that's pretty pretty moving, pretty good. Lots of us would be love to be in that that pace. Um but curious kind of where you got started in running Jim. I mean I like I don't feel like you go into a first marathon run a 328 and be like, Hey, eh, you know, I hadn't really run much before that." So what what was your uh running history like predating the marathon for you?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um strangely, um I grew up on a farm uh in southwestern Indiana uh with my grandparents and my mom and we did a lot of farming and it's just sort of random out of the blue, you know, I got off the tractor opened the gate for my grandfather we went through the gate instead of getting back on the tractor with him and going back to the the uh, the barn to put the tractor away i took off running mm-hmm. and i ran up the hill and my grandfather um who is now passed but he thought that was the funniest thing and he just he just gunned the tractor and then i started racing him and then. I was like, I got to the top of the hill and I was like, I really like this. I like the way that this made me feel. And it was so exciting to see my grandfather um, also really getting into it and seeing how much I really enjoyed it. So that's where I got my start. Uh, I was six years old and I uh, ran um, more competitively once I got into junior high uh, track um, and then in college. Um, High school, I did uh, track and cross country um, and and did pretty decent um, in both Um, some, you know, sub uh, 11 minute uh, two milers, um, some sub uh, five minute, you know, milers. But I really wasn't um, so into it and, and die hard that, you know, I wanted to go to college and I wanted to go on a scholarship. But then I did get to college and I had taken, I'd say, probably two or three years off. And I missed it. And I decided I, you know, I was in a Division II school, and uh, they were a pretty big uh, Division II powerhouse uh, uh, in cross country. And I I befriended the coach, and I asked him if he would mind if I came out and ran with the guys. And uh, he um, he welcomed that, and I ended up just sort of like a walk on, and uh, did that for a couple of years. Um, That was probably the best shape, uh, hands down, in my life that I ever even to this day I, I have been in pretty good shape um in my older years here. But um I, I was running really like almost sub twenty nine minute eight Ks. So I was really he was doing an amazing job as he always did. Um he's no longer with us either, but um he was an amazing coach and so many all Americans that came out of there, you know, they went on to nationals and things like that. So I got a good taste of it. But then kind of got burnt out because, you know, going from not running and then getting into it really deeply again, hardcore. uh, And then I had some injuries that I had to deal with. I just got burnt out. So I took about three or four years off I moved from the southern part of the state to the Indianapolis area and kind of got the the itch again and started to run a little bit and not really competitively, but got back into it uh, just, you know, to feel better. And, um, then I ended up moving out here to the DC area and that's when it, you know, everyone out here that I knew was running everybody. There's so many run groups, so many run clubs and and things like that. So I decided I wanted to get back into it. And that's how I hooked up with my coach who actually ironically is, is back home in, in the Indianapolis area.
1: Yeah. That's the, the beauty of technology is you, you can have those relationships and, and work with folks and doesn't always have to be, to be local. And yeah, just the, 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 the uniqueness of you move from an area and then you connect with, you connect with the coach back there. That's, it's uh, funny how, yeah. how, how that kind of shakes itself out. Yeah. Um, so, so you're getting back into it and in a large part, you know, it, it sounds like at least not to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like a little bit of peer pressure going on. Cause that's what, that's what everybody else is doing. So, Hey, you know, like let's, you, you had some, some running background. Um, were there were there any hesitations or or I, I don't, and I like you know maybe this is a, a nowhere question which Lord knows I've asked a few of those in my day but um you know I kind of heard you ran competitively in high school in junior high high school took a little time off got the itch back ran competitively again in college and and like you said I mean you know thanks to being, being, you know, 2021, 20, 22 and how our biology works, like that's, that's a pretty good time to be in the prime of, of, of peak fitness there. yeah, yeah. Um, But then you get a little bit burnt out, maybe some injuries, you take some time off as well. When you, when you started to come back to it in DC, was it, was, was there a desire to be as competitive, you know, maybe not obviously competing in, in races, like for first necessarily, but like, like to push yourself to go harder, was it more of a, of a leisure time activity as you started to get back into it?
0: Yeah, it was. I would say, yeah, definitely. It was a little bit more uh, leisure uh, when I first started back out doing it. But then, you know, once a runner, always a runner. I mean, you know how that is. I mean, you get that you there's something that just comes over you. Right. You're like. Oh, well, I think I can do this. Right. So you set a goal and you're like, OK, I achieve that you know, short term goal. And then you're like, oh, I think I can do this, too. So you set another goal and then you're like, OK, now this is enough. I need to actually get back into this. So that's really how it sort of progressed. It was just more setting very short term goals for myself. And it could have been just as simple as get through a month of being injury free. Right. It was very, very measurable and very, very simple in some folks minds some that you could do some of those things and then learning again, how to run easy and how to run, you know, some of those runs a little bit harder. So that's sort of that easing back into it. That's really how I structured it. And I tried to approach it from that standpoint. It didn't always work very well, but it, it, <laughs> it got me where I needed to be. I mean, I, I was injured. I was injured. I'll just be, I mean, transparent and honest. I was injured because I didn't know what that easy meant and I was going out and every run was between, you know, seven and seven thirty pace. And you can't do that. You just cannot do that and sustain that for something when you're trying to trying to sustain that over a period of time when you're first coming back into something.
1: I, I totally agree. And, and, um, it, since it's come up a couple of times, that was one of my, my notes from the beginning of like, well, let's get back to this easy running thing. And now it's come up again. So we're not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. Let's, let's, let's hang out here for a minute if you don't mind. Um, yeah. And, and I'm, you know, pretty, pretty open about my bias towards heart rate training and, and w- w- again, heart rate, easy zones, like, like you can class it how you want it. And there's different mm-hmm. there's some, some nuance between the, the different, you know, a little bit of nuance between them. But like it, it, at the end of the day, it's about keeping your easy runs easy and making sure that, that you yep. um, aren't pushing too hard all the time so that when it's go time, whether it's a workout or race day, like you're fresh, you're strong, you go. And it hopefully, you know, doesn't lead to breaking down as much as if you're pushing too hard all the time. Uh, sounds like injuries were a bit of that that puzzle of helping you figure out that like you needed to to slow down and and run easy actually run easy when you're supposed to run easy but um like how long of a process did that take cuz I know for some and I'm raising my hand for this one it you know it might make sense but it's it sometimes takes a little while to fully embrace and fully accept that like well I can't always necessarily keep up with everybody on these runs because they're running faster either they're running too hard or their easy is faster than my easy um how long did it take you to kind of really embrace this idea of of keeping your easy runs
0: easy? Um I would say I'm still working on that yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah, um but I will say that probably it took about 3 4 years before I actually truly trusted the process and understood what that really truly meant and it was all through trial and error and unfortunately the error many times was an injury. So um it's a struggle. It's a struggle Um, you know, even, you know, we were talking before we, we started with the weather. I mean, I absolutely loathe running in cold weather Mm -hmm. and I always have, I probably always will. But you know, the thing is, if you sort of just embrace it and sort of suck it up, so to speak, and because you never know, you have to train for every type of condition because you don't know what mother nature is going to send to you on a race day. It could be, 32 degrees and snowing like crazy. I mean, and you got to figure out what you're going to do. Are you going to not start? Just going to walk away, or did you put all those hours and and all that work in, and you're going to give it a whirl and see what you can do? So, um, yeah. Okay. Um.
1: Yeah, and 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 you know, embracing the the slowing down, running easy. Um, it, it is a process and, and, and I'm glad that you pointed that out. And, and, you know, it, it is something that that takes a while to, to fully embrace him. And, and maybe it's something that, that, I don't know, like there's always that, that, that maybe there's always that little bit of, of, um, I don't want to say doubt, but like, there's a hesitation of like, well, maybe, you know, maybe today I could, I could get away with going a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you still deal with as well?
0: Yeah, I, I do find myself sometimes, um, uh, I, I'll just be very, uh, I'll just throw myself under the bus here for you. Um,
1: that's what we do around here. Tim. Like I, I've, I've, I've been under more buses than I care to admit, you know,
0: that first mile is always just nuts for me. And, and you know, that control of, of not having that adrenaline that's literally, you know, coursing through all of your body, your heart's up in your, up in your throat. And you're just, you you find yourself going out and you're like, well, crap, I just went out so fast. What did I just do? And now I got to slow down. And then you got, you know, is this going to mess everything up. And and then you got to sort of balance that piece of it out. But, you know, that's how I am. Even with um, running these easy runs, I end up finding myself going out in the first mile and I look down and it says 750. And I'm like, that's not what I intended to do. I meant to go 815 or slower. And then I end up finding myself balancing out and then getting around 810 and then I look at my watch and it's around like 811 you know as an average whenever I finish up even with that fast fast uh first mile but that's what I struggle with I really do honestly it's that first mile of trying to run that easy Mm -hmm. but once you can master that I mean it's really interesting it's sort of that whole it's even mental preparation if you really want to think about it that's really what this is you're you're preparing yourself for what your race conditions are going to be. You're just going to be going a little bit faster.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. And especially for the longer distance races, um, you know, like, like you said, it's, it's exciting. The adrenaline's going, sometimes there's a pretty good atmosphere. Maybe there's cannons or there's fireworks or something <laughs> like that. And uh, you know, who among us, and I'm sure there's a few, but who among us hasn't looked down at the end of the first mile and been like, Oh shoot, we are like, we are way fast and, yeah. and have, yeah. to, have to course correct uh, maybe dramatically and and yeah, you know, l- l- even though the, the the stakes are maybe different, learning to practice that a little bit with training, um, and and you know, in your case, starting to get more comfortable with the idea of running in the eights, maybe it's still a struggle to get there from the beginning, but you start to get there and, and settle in, maybe that means that on race day you're a little bit less likely to to you know maybe a little bit easier to settle in at six flat or whatever your, your goal pace might be, as opposed to looking down at mile one and be like, Oh shoot, that was a, that was a five forty, And, uh, yeah, we might be in trouble
0: now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Again, mentioning in there a couple of times, trust in the process, um, you know, and, and, and admitting that it's still, it's still a little bit of a challenge. It's still something that you're working on. Um, but, but what have been some of the, the, the signs of, of this process working that, that have made themselves apparent to you, whether it's reduction of injuries, whether it's race day, whether it's how you're feeling. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of, of benefits that I, I talk about sometimes when I'm talking about these, this effort-based training and running easy most of the time. But what have, what specifically have you noticed over the last handful of years that's, that's, that's really got you, you know, continuing to stay on this path and continuing to trust this process?
0: Yeah. Um, good question. And, um, I find myself at the end of every year just sort of looking back and seeing exactly what were the successes that really um, got us to the end of the year uh, in one piece, so to speak. But um, I I go back uh, as far as 2018. I'll just kind of quickly give you sort of an example. That's actually when I ran my current marathon PR, which was at the Berlin Marathon. I ran a 248 there. And I just at the end of that year, I sat back and I just sort of examined and looked at what did we do leading up to that. And I'll just be very honest with you, it was literally building from 2015, 2016, 2017, all of that training that we did, it all was sort of like, I, I look at it like a ladder. It's it's one of those rungs that gets you to that that goal, uh, that A goal for a marathon, for example, that, you, that you've set for yourself. And it it came down to I mentioned this earlier. It was like nutrition. I mean, I was right on top of all of that. I was getting eight plus hours of sleep every night. I mean, good Lord, I would I would give anything to get eight hours of sleep now and and, in 2022. Um, And the recovery. Um, I mean, I was consistently doing, I I mean, I had someone, I had someone, a massage person that was working with me. I was, um, you know, ice baths, all of that stuff. I was just, all of that stuff was so consistent and that's just it. It was consistency and it wasn't, there might've been a day or two a week where things, you know, maybe the nutrition, you know, I, I fell off the ladder a little bit, but I was always back on the horse and I was, I was right back on. And it it just seemed like all of that stuff clicked, and it just was sort of building on the process from 2015, 2016, 2017, and boom, 2018. I got on that course, and it was like – I'll tell you when I run a race and I get my goal – my A goal, I don't remember anything from the race at all because it was just – I was so zoned in there. And when I finished and I looked at that time, I was just like, I can't believe – we just did all of that. We put that all together and it all just clicked. So that that's one of the things that I always that, that's a bit of advice that I always I try to tell the people when they don't make their A goal or maybe not a B, but they, they grab a C goal during a race is don't get discouraged because this is just a building block to get you to that A goal because if you can keep practicing all of that consistency and you do that over a period of time, I have no doubt you're going to make that a goal. And, and that's exactly what it was.
1: Yeah. That's, that's such a good and, and difficult thing to, to maybe accept sometimes when you, when you have a bad race, but it's such a, an important thing to, to keep in mind is that, um, you know, the, like, like the way I've, I've said it before, and it sounds like we're on the same wavelength, like, like the training builds upon itself. And even mm-hmm. if the result on race day isn't there, like that's, that's odd data point. Right. And so like, like, and it sucks and it's, it's frustrating and it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's not ideal, but if you keep doing the work, um, you know, the, the odds of the next race going better are that much better. So it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's big picture thinking, which in the moment is tough. Um, but, but this whole endurance scene is this, this running distance running thing. Like it really does build upon itself, um, year over year, uh, provided you can
0: stay consistent. Yep. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So so, I, I feel like maybe this is a ridiculous question, but again, you know, I've uh, thrown myself under the bus. When, when have we ever had <laughs> to ask a ridiculous question around here? Um, you know, everything sounds like kind of really fell in line. You, you were doing all the things. You were getting the sleep and the body work and the recovery and, and, and you know, proof's in the pudding. You know, 248 marathon, pretty solid PR. Um, and then you, you, you slid in there. You know, gosh, I, what I would give to, to not get eight hours of sleep now why, 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 why are some of those things falling by the wayside? Is it just like, it was just an impossible level to maintain doing all the things that, that meticulously, or, or what is, what has changed that now? Now eight hours of sleep sounds glorious instead of just like part of the normal routine.
0: Yeah. I think for myself, I, I'm a, I am an an early morning runner. So I usually am watching the sun come up whenever I do my workouts and, and, and my, my runs. But uh, even on the weekends, I can't sleep in. Um, I'm always up at 5 a.m. I'm out the door usually by 6:30, a uh, quarter to seven, or sometimes even earlier, depending on how far we have to go. But um, it's um, it literally means going to bed at 7:30. Right. It's it means getting yourself um, off the couch, turning the TV off, getting your nose out of the book, whatever it is, out of the uh, you know out of your phone. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things that I've had to try to break myself of is quit scrolling and turn that off at least an hour before I go to bed, because it is so true. I mean, that really messes with your sleep. It really, really, truly does. And for myself, it has. Um, But I think the thing, I'll be very honest with you, as I've gotten older, I'm getting up in the night and it's disrupting my sleep and I'm not consistently getting a full, full on, consistent eight hours of sleep. It's literally, I'm I have to toy with when do I turn off uh, liquids intake uh, so I'm not getting up multiple times in the night and making sure I'm not dehydrating myself right. by doing that and, and hydrating through the day. So, I, I'm I'm toying around with it and figuring it out, but um, I also have a dog. Um, I have a senior dog who tends to not understand what daylight savings time is. Right. <laughs> Who thinks that 4 a.m. is 5 a.m. when we normally would get up? So that has been a huge struggle for for me. Uh, Love him to death. But I, you know, Pops needs a little bit of sleep here. I I need to be able to recover. But um, but I think it's not necessarily I don't want to blame him. It's age. It's age. And as we get older, we know some of the things function a little bit differently. And I think that's one of the things uh, as a master's runner and, and getting older, I just really have to, um, accept it. Uh, cause it really frustrated me. I'll be honest with you. I was so frustrated with it for so long that I wasn't able to get the eight hours of sleep. And then I thought, well, then I could take naps during, you know, lunch hour. And I'm like, that doesn't even work because, um, it doesn't even refresh me. Like it really, it truly should. So, I've had to really toy around with trying to figure out how to get enough um, hours of sleep and and do it consistently.
1: Well, and and I feel like and and I'm, I just I guess I guess I didn't just turn forty because my birthday is in a few weeks and I'll be forty one. So I guess I just turned forty almost a year ago. Um, <laughs> but, but, but you know it's 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 it, I I've read you know dozens of articles and and there's you know no shortage of information about there of you know just just you know things that, to your point our bodies change. Like that's, that's our biology. We, we can't fight that. Um, but, but you know, different, different stages in life. I mean, clearly, you know, like, like you kind of made a joke earlier about, you know, when you're, when you're 22, well, you got to buy everything's in your favor. Like, of course you're in the best shape of your life if you're working hard at that point. Um, and, and so you just, you know, without being dismissive, like, like that's just part of the process of continuing to change and adapt, which I guess is getting to the question then of, of other than, you know, sleep isn't quite what it, what it used to be. And it's, it's for, for all of the different reasons, um, but what are some other things that have changed over the last, you know, five, six, eight, ten 10 years in terms of routine, in terms of what's working for you now that didn't work before or what doesn't work for you now that like, how, what are there other things that you can, you can point to in terms of your running that like, oh, this has changed in the last three years, five years, 10 years, whatever the case might be.
0: Yeah, I had, a, um, quite a bit of stress in my personal life that I was able to release, um, in the past couple of years. And I think that that has been, um, Quite a, it's like a, a weight being lifted off my shoulder, and then I have to learn how to um, um, assimilate into uh, the life uh, without that stress being in there. And I think that that has been um, uh, quite honestly um, the positivity. It's you know I'm a firm believer if you give positively out, you're going to get it back. You're going to get positivity that's going to come back, right? You give the po- positive energy out, it's going to come back. It's going to find you and. I think that once I was able to sort of get some of that stress out of my life permanently, um, where I was struggling a little bit with some of those other consistencies in the training, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was still running, able to run some sub three hours, but it just wasn't truly at the level, I mean, 250, uh, I I think 257 recently is what I ran in Chicago, but I I know in my heart that I can go faster than that. I truly believe even I can go faster than 248. It's just I have to build all of that back up right. and get that consistency uh level back to what it was before uh and I and let's face it you need perfect conditions for a race day and you just you know that that's always a um, it's a chance. It's it's always chance with what you're going to get. You know, I said, I joked with you earlier, I hated running in cold weather. I ran Chicago in 2019 and ran 250 and it was like 40 degrees and freezing. And I couldn't believe I ran a 250. I said, how did I do that? It was freaking cold. I I was, but I was cold at the very beginning. But then when I got out there and got into it, you know, you warm up, your body warms up. uh, And I felt perfectly fine. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's just getting rid of some of that negativity and some of that stress that was in my life um, has helped to kind of get me back on the path of the consistency that I saw before. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned a question about, you know, we, we were joking a little bit about as we get older and our biology changes a little bit. I, I One of the, the ways I've approached it is if something is going sort of, south, so to speak, like I'm getting up in in disruptions in my sleep, I try to pick it up in a different area of the consistency uh, chain. So like my nutrition, I try to just double that up and make that much, much more on point. Or even with the training, with a workout, an easy workout, I try to really spend a little bit more effort on making sure and being very mentally focused that it is an easy run so that when I come back, um, the recovery routine is so much easier and quicker, and I don't have to worry about um, getting injured or anything like that. So I just try to make up for it in different pieces of that puzzle that puts together, uh, the training block. Right.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's a brilliant, um, way of going about it because it's, it's so easy. And and I mean, I'm guilty of this and I know, I know plenty of folks are, are guilty of this sometimes of, of losing sight of the fact that like, not everything, like we, we, we're an ecosystem, right? Like our body is, is all of the things that are going on at the same time. And it's, it's easy to be like, Oh, well, my running is separate from my personal life is separate from my, my whatever, from my work life is it's like, like, and, and there are all these different buckets. And like, yeah, they kind of are, but at the same time, they all flow into and out of each other. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah, if, if, if your sleep is being disrupted because that's just how it, how it is right now and and potentially how it's, how it's always going to be, like you could have a pity party it like I can't get my eight hours of sleep, but it, but like it's a sliding scale, right? So like, yeah, you're, yeah. you're not getting the refreshment there. But what can you do to to you know clean up the diet a little bit so there's less less stress there? Or what mm-hmm. can you do to make sure that you're maybe you know maybe pulling back the amount of higher intensity workouts you do so that you're still getting them here and there, but there's less overall stress. Like like it, it's it's all you know figuring it out and kind of you know, of trial and error and figuring it out as you go. Yeah. but you know, just because to to borrow a line from one of my favorite movies when I was you know six or whatever, uh, The Sound of Music, when when one door is closed, doesn't mean there's not another window open somewhere. So like like yep. how can you you find a different way to get to the same you know the, the same means to the end?
0: Yep, that's exactly right.
1: Another thing that that's come up a couple of times, Jim, kind of shifting slightly, but it, yeah, it's still it's still I'm sure there'll be some overlap here. Um, some injuries along the way, and Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you know this about me or not. I I have come to accept that not everybody knows everything about me when we start (laughs) these conversations. Um, but my background is in athletic training. I, I was an athletic trainer for years before kind of doing whatever it is I do now with talking to runners and, and things of that nature. Um, but all that to say, injuries are kind of my jam. Like I could, I could talk about injuries and, and injury prevention and, and all that kind of stuff uh, till, I'm, till I'm blue in the face. And we'll try not to, to bore all the people with too much injury <laughs> talk today and maybe not uncover too many old old wounds, pun somewhat in, intended there. Um, but, but what's some of the, the injuries that you've dealt with in your running career?
0: Yeah, I've had um, stress fractures uh, in my foot and my tibia. And, um, that was, um, quite painful and quite, uh, it happened in a marathon. Um, I've actually torn a muscle during a marathon, uh, finished it, uh, actually was limping, finishing it, but I wanted to finish it. Um, I've had, um, some, some stress reactions, um, seems to be a lot of the injuries are below the knee. Uh, when I first, did, you know, we talked a little bit about sort of uh, once I moved here to the D.C. area, sort of easing back into it, it was I.T. band and it w- started in one leg and then it went to the other. And I had it in both of them and I ended up spending uh, time in physical therapy and kind of learning some of those uh, stretches and things like that to to kind of figure that I.T. band out. And that's when I um, decided to bring in a massage person to kind of help help. Um, you know, work with some of the the flexibility and, and working with me with, you know, working some of those kinks and things out after some of those hard workouts and that, that consistency, as well as some of the other, um, stretching ice baths and things like that, that I was doing, uh, tended to really give me some good, uh, results, uh, in the end. But, um, I tend to not be able to go much longer than 250 to 300 miles on a pair of shoes. Um, I do blow through them pretty quickly. Um, I pronate out very uh, heavily, uh, more so on the left side than the right side. And I just find that I wear the tread and that down and I don't get the support that I need and I tend to have to rotate them in I do rotate quite a a few pairs of shoes in depending on, of course, the distance, but um, I have found that that's one thing that helps to sort of do some injury prevention is being able to do that. You know, not all of us are able to do that, and you just have to figure out how, you know, experimenting. We've said that so many times during this discussion, but you just have to do trial and error to try to figure out what's going to work best, um, but the big thing, obviously, we've talked about already is just being consistent and being smart with your training and understanding. You know, now when coach gives me the workouts, it isn't lowercase easy, it's all caps easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I take that to heart. I really truly do. When I see that, um, I make sure that, you know, whenever I leave the, leave the, Outside the door, I, that's where my mindset goes. It has to be easy, even if I go out and the first mile is an eight thirty-five or an eight forty. I'm going, that's easy, and now I can work my way through. So,
1: well, and and I would argue to a to a point, but like you know, d- to to make the point that on an easy day, you almost can't go too easy. Like mm-hmm. you know, you you can you can make an argument. Well, if I'm just walking, well, like and not that walking is bad, but like it's not running. So okay, like like okay, there's there's a little bit there, but like you know other than, other than our pride, which, which, you know, is, is a thing like, you know, eight thirty, nine nine thirty, nine, like, like it's all still mostly the same level of benefit in terms of keeping it easy, low stress, building the aerobic system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think sometimes, and, and it sounds like, I feel like we've kind of touched on this a few times, like it's, it's getting the brain to cooperate and that, that yeah. can be the hardest piece of the puzzle.
0: Yep. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: Um, So let's see, where, where are we at here? we got, we got some injury talk. We've got some, some slowing down and running easy talk, like all, all kinds of things that I could keep diving into deeper and deeper, but, um, maybe one last injury type of question and we'll, we'll get off of that before we wrap things up. But, um, Sounds like, you know, a variety of things. It sounds like it hasn't been just like the one, you know, like, like sometimes we know those runners where it's like it's it's always plantar fasciitis or it's always IT ban and it's just like, you know, you almost set the clock by it every every six months it's going to flare up or whatever the case mm-hmm. might be. Yeah. Um, sounds like you've kind of been been all over the place, which, which on the one hand I almost feel like, is almost more difficult because it's, it's harder to, to be able to address that. Like, this is the thing I need to keep working on. You know, if it's, if it's, if it's plantar fasciitis, I need to keep stretching my calves and, and massaging the balls of my feet and like, hopefully that'll more or less take care of it. Um, but, but what's, what's your injury prevention routine look like, look like these days. I mean, with, with hopefully, you know, knock on wood, hopefully pretty decent health um, at this point. How do you, how, w- what kind of things do you do to maintain that as much as possible?
0: Yeah, I think I take, um, pretty much all the, uh, the bits and pieces that I've learned over the years, you know, either if that's from a physical therapist, if it's from my coach, if it's from, you know, um, any other professionals that I've worked with during injury, um, I take all of that and I try to utilize that in my routine and whether that, um, you know. I won't even get into the argument of stretching before or after you go out and run because I know that's so controversial with some folks. But, you know, I do both. I do it before. I do some light stretching and just kind of warming up the muscles and getting them ready to go and then i do some after post as well just to be uh you know do some of that follow up and and i use some of those um strategies and those stretching techniques that they have given to me over the years i i negotiate and work those in and if i can't do them immediately after a run if i'm sitting at my desk and i'm working i'm i'm rolling my the balls of my feet or i've i've got a band and i'm stretching while i'm on a conference call. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm doing all these things that, you know, obviously they have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting it in. I'm, I'm not neglecting it. I'm getting it done. It may not be to the, uh, the high level of intensity or whatever that I would normally do. Um, uh, but I'm getting it in and I'm getting it done. Um, and i mentioned it before. I do do ice baths, but I'm certainly not. That's more of when you're into the, the intensity of, you know, your training block, Uh, Right now it's more maintenance and just kind of fine tuning and getting things done uh, and getting ready to um, get some of that volume started back up in January uh, for an April marathon. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. So, um, a few few things in there and, and, and as always, I mean, it's just like, like, you know, it's, it's learned if I just listen, there's so many good things to, to follow up on, but I love the idea of, um, You know, stretching, working with the band, whatever during during a conference call. Not because, uh, you know, maybe it's 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 not exactly what they intend, but but I feel like that's one of those those areas where like we're all busy, right? Like like we've all got things and we've all got got life and work and family and all the things going on. Um, But there are opportunities potentially, and not everybody has the same the same situation. But but you know, if you can be a little bit creative, like like there are ways to kind of mix in. Stretching during a during a conference call or strength training while you're you know whatever doing this or doing that and it might be quote unquote just body weight but like that's okay and that's mm. that's certainly a lot better than nothing so yep. I, I just I just I, I love that you mentioned that because it's it's the, there are ways to to you know maybe in a perfect world we'd all just be able to sit down and stretch or massage or foam roll or whatever for 20 or 30 minutes like at the same time every day yeah uh, but in the real yeah. world sometimes you got to mix it in at various points and and. Six minutes here, and it's a minute and a half there, and it's four minutes there, and and like at the end of the day, if it adds up to fifteen or twenty minutes, like that's still pretty productive.
0: Exactly, exactly, and you're still getting some consistency because you're still doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yep. He,
1: he says while reminding himself, like, don't be afraid to take your own medicine on this one. You know, like uh, this is this is important stuff.
0: Yeah, while I'm rolling my foot talking right. to you. There you go. There you go. I love, it. I love
1: it. So you, you mentioned um, earlier. Talking about uh, you know kind of the, the the trust in the process and things pay seeing things pay off. But kind of towards the end of the year, you kind of look back and 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 kind of highlight some of the wins, what worked, what hadn't, and and, and you know seeing as as we're timely, we're recording this just a couple minutes before the end of or a couple of minutes, a couple of weeks before uh, the the end of 2022. Folks, if we listen to it just a couple of weeks into 2023, um, what what are some of the things that and maybe you haven't quite gotten there yet. Maybe, maybe you're still percolating a little bit. In which case, again, you know ne- never be afraid to ask a question that goes nowhere. But have you looked back a little bit yet on on 2022 and kind of started started that process of of processing this year and and kind of what what uh, what stands out to you from 2022?
0: Yeah, um, I actually have. Um, I actually today is the first day um, I'm off the rest of the the year from work. So I've already started kind of jotting down some of those pieces here and there uh, of what worked and 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 what may not have worked so well during 2022. And I, I will just say to you, this was an injury free year for me. Uh, this training block was, was injury free. We, uh, were pretty consistent. Um, you know, you know, I w I won't even get into, you know, the past couple of years. I, I don't even want to, that's a whole nother conversation to have with you, but, um, um, it, it felt good to get back out there and actually have some good consistency and, do some smart training and not, not be injured. And then still, while I didn't hit my, my A goal at Chicago this year, I still did a sub three, which is fine. I, you know, I was happy with that. Um, you know, I was, it was a good situation, uh, with what happened. It taught me a lot of lessons. Um, I think that's the first and foremost thing that I have jotted down on my notes is it was a, it was a good injury free training block. Um, the other other piece of this is we did a lot of track work for pace, and um, I can still be fast, yeah. and that was very shocking to me, and it was very hard for me to accept that I could still go out there and bust out a 5:30 mile on a track and dip a little bit below that on occasion when we were doing some some pace work. So uh, I'm kind of this will be forever etched here everyone will know this, but I'm kind of getting the itch to get on a track and do some races in 2023. So that might be something, uh, to look, look into. Um, I'm, I'm thinking I'm more of an outdoor versus an indoor track runner, but, um, you know, I might be open to, to doing some, uh, something indoor, but, um, yeah, I mean, those are the two things that stand out and, and then consistency. I was able to actually, you know, kind of get a routine down um, and, and really be consistent with the training. Uh, some of those things that we talked about earlier, uh, really, really focused a lot in on some of those things. Um, I, I had to say no to doing things, uh, in order to be able to, to really work on some of these things because it was important to me. I wanted to really hit this A goal. And the only way I could do that was sometimes you sacrifice and, and you say no to doing things, uh, you know, with friends or family or whatever. So, um, I think those are sort of the top three things that sort of stand out to me that I have identified so far, um, for 2022.
1: That's, that's some good stuff. And, and, uh, I kind of feel like, like I I've started to also begin my, my process of kind of looking back and it's been, it's been a, a, a big year of change for me. We moved and the whole host of other bits and bobs, but it's just like, like, so I kind of feel like I'm at the opposite end where like, like my consistency kind of fell off with a lot of things in part because of the move and uh, use that as a, as a little bit yeah. of an excuse, but also like we've been in the new place for four months and like, how come I haven't gotten back on track with some of these things yet? Well, because you know, whatever, but like, yeah. like it, 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 you know, it, it maybe be, and maybe there's, there's somewhat something of, of something there of like consistency is, is maybe ideal. Perfection and consistency are not the same thing. Um, but the trick is when, when you do get disrupted, whether it's an injury, whether it's a life situation, whatever it might be, um, you know, figuring out how to get back on track with that consistency as quickly as, as smartly, Mm -hmm. but also quickly as possible, um, is, is a big piece of the puzzle of, of avoiding too much regression, maybe increasing your injury risk, things like that. Um, and, and yeah, in the perfect world, you just don't, you don't lose the consistency and that's clearly paid off for you this year. Um, but also maybe there's some lessons learned in the past of when you have fallen off, like you got to get back on and it, it's, it's not always easy, but that's what, what is required.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other important thing too, is give yourself the grace that if you do fall off, right. um, just give yourself the grace and It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're not a runner. It doesn't mean that you still don't have goals and, and you want to do things. It may just be that you have to build a little bit more in order to get to that point, and it's okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, looking ahead to 2023, you know, you, you dropped a little hint that maybe there's a little bit of track work going on there, which which could be exciting and and uh, a whole different different challenge, but also maybe harkening back to to those early days of of running, you know, junior high track and and just getting out there and hammering. Um, anything, anything else that, that, you, that you care to share in terms of potential options, goals, races, things like that, looking ahead to
0: 2023? Yeah, I um, I'm already uh, signed up and uh, accepted into Chicago. I'm going to go back to Chicago. Um, I really want to. Um, <laughs> my goal is a sub 240. Is really what I want to I want to go out. I was on pace for that uh, this year, and, and just ha- after the half halfway point. A rookie mistake got me and, and it took me, it just was downward spiral from there. So I really want, kind of want to go back and do a little bit of uh, redemption there. Um, and then just wanting to try to throw one in in the spring and um, head back to Indiana. I'm, I'm thinking of, of hitting up the Carmel Marathon and, and trying that in April at some point. Um, and then, as I mentioned and hinted at, uh, trying to maybe jump on the track and, and run some some track um Track meets and, and get in and do some miles or I might even be uh, interested in, you know, as you get older, they have these very different distances whenever you do, you know, 3,000, 5,000, things like that. So I, I'd be interested in in trying to um, do a workout. I'd use it as a workout. I don't know that I'd go out and do it as a race. I, I'd just go out and see what I could do and grind out for a whole 5,000 meters or something like that. But I I really, I just can't, I, I just am still very much in awe that I can still go out there and, and run like a 5:30 um, at my age. So <laughs> I'm happy for that. I, I, you know, whatever my coach is doing, um, keep doing it. You know, uh, i like to process it's working. Yeah. Yeah. i like to continue to keep, um, keep, keep moving forward and, and see what I can do even as I, I get, um, you know, up in years and see if we can keep, keep maintaining.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more quick question, and then we'll, then we'll get you out of here with one, one question after that. But, but uh, at least maybe it's a quick question. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but you said in there that you were on pace at Chicago for about the first half, and you made a rookie mistake. In And um, I, guess, I guess the question is, what was the rookie mistake, Jim? Like, like yeah. What, what, what happened on race day that uh, you're looking back and kind of almost sounds like kicking yourself a little bit about right now?
0: Yeah. So, you know, going out and you're doing around six minute or sub six minute miles and you're moving pretty hard, pretty fast. Right. So when you get up to an aid station and you're taking in um, Gatorade or water or something like that, um, you either need to slow down a little bit or I mean, I slow down just a little. I don't do a lot because I tend to find I, I lose a little bit of time there and that's okay, But um, I didn't look to see how much Gatorade was in the cup, and when I tipped it back, it didn't just go in my mouth. It went in my nose, <laughs> Right. and I couldn't recover. I mean, I hacked and coughed and hacked and coughed and couldn't get anything out, and then I thought, well, maybe if I just stop and throw it up, it would be better, and then I thought, well, then you're going to get dehydrated because everything else will come up, and so I just was like, I had no other choice. I just had to slow down and try to to grind it out. and um, I, you know, thankfully i I picked up another runner, and he was like fumbling around and almost stopping, and I just mumbled to him, I said, "You can't walk." And then the next thing I know, the two of us were grinding it out together to, till we got to the end, and um, he turned around and came back and gave me a big old bear hug when he was done. And he's like, I, you know, thank you very much. I appreciate you dragging me in like that. Um, you know, I just blew up and I said, Hey, I blew up too, but you know what? We got a sub three out of it. I'm happy. We learned some lessons. Let's just chalk it up as experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, like there's any of a million ways that you could, you could look at that, that, um, you know, choking on the Gatorade, like, Mm -hmm. like, something that you never would have thought of, of all the things that could have gone wrong and and prevented you from hitting the mark and, and, and struggling over the last, you know, eight, 10, 15 miles, uh, choking on the Gatorade wasn't one of them. And, and, and somewhere I feel like there's, there's a lesson there of, of, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, Murphy's law, whatever, like (laughs) something, something, something can go wrong and and it, it could be all the things that you would anticipate, but it could be something completely sideways. And, and, you know, sometimes all you can do is just roll with the punches and, and it sucks again, you know, going back to race day, being a data point, like it it sucks when it doesn't go well, but like you said, lesson learned. And the next time you're, you're cruising along and grabbing a, a cup of water or a cup of Gatorade, like you're going to remember to just double check. Is it full? Is it half full? Like how much is in there so that, uh, you know, you're not choking and coughing the rest of the way.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Final question for you, Jim, and then we'll, we'll let you get out of here. Um, I call it the philosophical question when I wrap up and it's, it's something just kind of like the introductory question, fairly open-ended there's, there's a few that I tend to choose from, but it's just very much open-ended. Um, and, and this is where we'll put the bow on things for today. But, you know, just curious, you know, as is, is running has, has been a pretty, pretty big part of your life. It sounds like for, for most of it, you know, since, since the early days of, of racing, racing the tractor up the hill, back to the barn. Um, Why? Why why does running continue to be something that that not only do you do as a leisure time activity, but obviously it's something that you, you push you 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 have goals you have ambitions in the sport still um which is awesome, and certainly like like I know a lot of us like we plan to keep running and, and keep pushing ourselves and keep having goals uh until it's all said and done but but why is running such a such a still such a big important part of your life
0: Yeah, I think that when I think about that question, I think the first thing that comes to mind is just um it's the only time that i actually really truly feel free right i feel free of the demands of work family my personal life and even though i may be training or i may you know there might be some harder runs and things like that i don't i don't really approach it from that standpoint i think of it more of that freeing notion right it gives me that opportunity to to be something that I enjoy i I, per, I certainly think of it more than a hobby. Um, I embrace it and i I look at it as even almost a challenge. It, it challenges me every single day, every single run I get out and it's a challenge you know we've talked about it easy runs that's a challenge learning how to how to embrace what that looks like, embracing how to go fast, how to consistently do a consistent pace over a period of time. I just, I I embrace that challenge uh, from beginning to end, and I don't look at anything at being a bad workout or a bad run, I try to look at the good or a lesson in each individual opportunity that I have to be able to get out there and run. So that's how I look at running, and that's why I run, is so that I can get something, it gives me something back it may not be tangible. It may not be something I can put in my hand. <laughs> I guess a medal could be in your hand, but I don't look at it from that standpoint. But you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's not. There's nothing tangible that it can give you. It's something more of the satisfaction of you setting those goals, getting out there, setting getting a routine, doing all of these things from A to Z, um, and putting it all together, and that trial and error. It just it's just very exciting to be able to get out there and do that. And I just have never found anything else sports wise (laughs) that can give me something like that. Like running can give to me. Well, keep
1: on keeping on then. That's, that's the name of that game. And and y'all, if you want to continue to follow along with Jim as he continues to, to put in the work and, and chase, chase some of those goals and keep getting those intangible things that we all know, we all know exactly what he's talking about. We all get some of those same things as well. Uh, at runman317 on Instagram and Twitter are the places to find him on the social medias. Uh, Dizruns.com/1118. I'll get you back to the show notes for today. If you got, if you're looking for links, things we talked about, all those types of things will be there. Dizruns.com/1118. So, Jim, thank you for uh, for making the time today. I appreciate it for the the first day of, of your your time off between now and the end of the year. You you wasted an hour of it with me. I appreciate that. Um, but uh, it's it's been a pleasure. And uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward into 2023 and beyond. And and thanks again for the time today, Jim.
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate you. All right, y'all. Thanks so much
1: for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Jim and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour du jour? Uh, for me, there were, there were several, but I think, I think the, the biggest one that, or at least the one I'm going to go with, maybe it was not the biggest takeaway, but, uh, the the one that I'm going to go with today was when Jim was talking about, you know, taking, taking time at the end of the year to kind of reflect back on what worked, what didn't, but also recognizing that, you know, sometimes the, the successes that he had, um, you know, for his PR marathon when he was talking about, you know, it was, it was three, four years of work that ultimately led up to that, to that PR. And, you know, I mean, I know I talk about being patient. I know I talk about being consistent quite often, but, you know, if ever there was a a, a better representation of trusting the process and, and sticking with it and delayed gratification, I mean, there you go. You know, a, a PR that's four years in the making. Some of us, maybe myself, maybe you, uh, but certainly sometimes myself, you know, it's like, I've been, I've been, I've been training good for, for three months. Like where, where are the results? And like, there might be some progress there, but you know, sometimes it takes a lot more than three months. It takes more than your 16 week training plan, right? Like it takes a consistent approach, um, over, over an extended period of time. And, and it doesn't matter whether you're running, you know, gym's pace sub three hours or whether you're trying to break four hours, five hours or you're, whatever your, your distance is, whatever your goals might be, you know, it, it takes time to build the resilience, to build the, the fitness, to, to get to where, you know, where, where you're trying to go, to get to maybe your, your peak performance. And then there's still, of course, there's all the, the variables that go into play in terms of weather and GI and nutrition and all those types of things. But just from a, from a performance standpoint, from a training standpoint, my, my takeaway today is just that reminder that sometimes we've got to broaden our, our horizon, you know, and, and instead of thinking like, oh, it's been six months, it's been a year, how come, how come I'm not where I want to be yet? Well, sometimes sometimes it just takes two years, three years, four years, five years, a decade or more of building and working and learning and getting there. And so just continue to trust the process. And, and for me, that's, that's running, that's heart rate training, but it's also work. It's the podcast, it's the coaching, it's, it's book writing. Like it's all the things like doesn't, doesn't always come quick. Seldom comes quick, but keep, keep going, keep working, keep trusting the process. And, you know, you might look back and be like, well, daggum, you know, we started this thing three years ago and we're finally got it done, but that's what it, that's what it takes. So that's what it takes. So that's my takeaway. Be continuing to be patient, but continue to do the work. You know, that's that's the key piece of that puzzle. Uh, but what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? If you're willing to share it, I, as always, would love to hear it. You know where to, to to clue me in on what your takeaways were at disruns on Twitter, at disruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to disruns at gmail.com. And of course, if you're so inclined and you want to head over to the show notes for today, we got some photos, we got some links, we got all the things. Of course, there's that comment section down there at the bottom. Dizruns.com slash eleven eighteen. Dizruns.com/slash-one-one-one-eight will get you there. Scroll on down, type away to your little heart's content in the comment section, uh, and and let me know what stood out to you from today's episode. If here's here's a here's a transition that I've been you know working on for the last eight and a half years of doing the podcast. This is, this is how you transition in podcast world. If you're like, yeah, I want a good consistent plan. And I want to I want to kind of stay on the same same wavelength for uh, an extended period of time one-to-one coaching might be a thing that would work for you it might help you i'm not saying just saying so, so, get a handful of folks that i've been You just kind of realized like we're, we're going on like year five of working together at the one-to-one level and, and not surprisingly in five years we've made some progress because we've been consistent we've been working together to get there if that might be something that would be useful to you or at least something that you want to look into more of disruns.com slash one to one coaching has all the details all the information and of course if you have any questions just let me know and i'll do my best to answer the questions as always not trying to sell you just try to answer your questions so you can make the decision of whether or not one-to-one coaching or any of my coaching levels might be the right fit for you so give it a give it a look disruns.com slash one to one coaching and with that we'll go ahead and wrap this one up y'all thanks for the time and attention hope you enjoyed the conversation today uh, thanks for taking Jim and I with you. And until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.